this is Mike Kennedy with the Living in Victory broadcast. This is the second part of a message titled Fulfilling the Call from a Biker Sunday. If you haven't heard the first part of this message, I encourage you to go to our website at www.mikecannaday.org and you will find the first part of Fulfilling the Call. Get this message in you. You have a call upon your life, brother and sister. And as you get this message in you, it will help you run your race, run it strong, and obtain the prize. Amen? Well, have a blessed day and enjoy this message. So he called me, and I'm like, well, let's pray, you know. So I met with him and uh, prayed. Well, a couple weeks later, he gets a job. uh, He gets this opportunity for this job. And he called me and says, Mike, he goes, uh, you know, there's only a couple positions and I've got to pass this test. They, they say it's, it's, it's pretty simple, but it's algae something. And I'm thinking algae, he needed to learn some basic algebra. And so I'm thinking, oh yeah, right. And the Lord just told me, nope, I'm in this. So I met with him and within one evening, he's learning basic algebra. The guy dropped out of school at 14. God's got a sense of humor. And so Come to find out his job that he was applying for, you had to go through a federal background test. He ended up getting the job. He's worked there for about eight years now. Well, after he worked there for six or eight months, he called me and says, man, this company's doing money laundering. And I'm thinking, money laundering? And he says, yeah, man. He goes, I know money laundering. I'm thinking, yeah, you know money laundering, you know? And he says, he goes, they got this thing where I put a dollar in and they put 50 cents into this retirement thing. And I said, is it a 401k? What if we didn't go and serve him? Verse 16, it says, from whom the whole body joined, knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying. You know, that answers a lot of questions why a lot of churches aren't growing right there. For the edifying, you serve to edify, to build up, and it will, it will strengthen this body. It will strengthen these churches, amen? And this place will grow like gangbusters. The word says it, edifying, building up the body, amen? Turn with me to, um, due to time's sake, why don't you turn to uh, Romans 12. I mentioned this a little while ago. One of the other reasons people don't serve is pride. Pride, man, it's It's evil. It's the nature of Satan. People say, I'm proud to be American. Well, what did Jesus say? When, I mean, what did the Heavenly Father say to Jesus when he came out of the water? I'm pleased with my son. Be pleased with what God's doing. Amen? You don't want the nature of pride working in you at all. Because, see, the Bible says pride is the nature of Satan. You may have to dwell on that a little bit. Get your Bible out and search it. Pleased. I'm well pleased. I'm pleased with you, son. Well, if God said it to his son, it's good enough for me. Amen. Amen. Search it out. Romans chapter 12. It says, uh, let's look at verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your what? Reasonable service. See, you serving is worship to God. It's acceptable to God as a holy sacrifice to him. You may not be called to be up here praising. I know I'm not called up here to be singing. Everybody can sing. Some people are supposed to be recording and on stage. I'm not one of them. So it's a reasonable sacrifice. And do not be conformed to this world. Amen. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That outlaw biker that I told you about. That said, hey, I got to go take care of business. 
He had some mind renewal, amen? amen? He had to have his mind washed. Let's look on, on down at verse 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy, fake. How much of this, I love you, brother. Doing what with it? Distributing to the needs of the saints. Man, brother, you need a bottle of water? Take mine. You need a house payment paid? You've been out of work? Let's get together and help the brother. Amen. We're brothers. Amen. Not this false thing, I love you, brother, but I got to take you out like, like the mafia. But true brotherhood stands in the gap, helps each other, covers, has mercy on each other. Amen. See that in some verses, in some translations, it says given to hospitality. That means service. Given to service. We are supposed to give to hospitality. You guys should strive to be a hospitable church. When somebody comes in, be there for them. I saw that on a recent message from your pastor from a few months back that the church needed ushers. Man, you guys should be three deep, four deep in every position with people saying, hey, I can help. Service, amen. See, service is ministry. In ministry, another word, when you hear the word ministry, so many people think they're in full-time ministry. Full-time ministry, that word should come to you as work. Full-time work for the kingdom. Not out playing golf every day. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that once in a while, but it's work. Amen? If you're called to minister to outlaw bikers, get out there. If you're called to minister to people that are at the hospital, get there. Amen? Amen. Serve. Work. Well, turn with me to Psalms 34. As you grow in the things of God, your desire to serve other people will grow. What did Jesus say? If you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So see, your service to God, you could be back there cleaning a diaper of a little baby. That is worship to God. God takes it as a sacrifice of praise. Your service to him, your work to him. I know that whenever we first started racing, my wife was like, oh man, I feel like a trucker's wife. We'd drive across the country all night long because of where we were trying to buy parts, you know, and we're trying to pay for it without big sponsors. And so we would sleep her in the front of the cab, me in the back of the cab of the pickup truck. There's times where some of the guys, we'd, we'd pull over off the side of the road and we'd, uh, we'd turn on a little heater in the back of the race trailer and we'd be laying right there in the back of it on a on a sleeping bag in the back of the trailer next to the race bike. It, it wasn't that glorious, guys. It's work. Okay, I'm just telling you. Oh, it was a blast whenever I got to go down there for a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah you, you get to do a six-second pass. It's fun. It's six seconds. The rest of the time was work. If you're doing ministry, it's work. Well, as soon as I'd get back and I'd pull up, man, I wanted to, you're in leather. Okay, I did not look good in leather. Tight leather, it's 120 degrees on the asphalt, and you're in tight leather with a helmet on. You come back and you're just drenched. But see, it was as soon as I got back, I knew there was going to be outlaw bikers coming to my, to my trailer. So it wasn't, let's take time, take a break. No, it's here's a time now to get somebody saved. See, some of the times that you can actually minister to people are the times when your flesh is saying, no, don't. And that's when you have to get up. We are supposed to be soldiers. Anybody here who served in the military? Thank you for your service. I honor you guys. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. Well, I can assure you that these guys didn't write up their own orders. Oh, I've got to go serve in Afghanistan. No, I think I want Hawaii. I'm going to mark that out and head there. It doesn't work that way. You're in the service as a soldier of the army of God. You don't write your orders. You obey. 
You salute and execute. Amen. Is that right, brother? See, that's what we are supposed to do is salute and execute. What needs to be done? How do you want it done, sir? Yes, sir. Period. Not, oh, I think this is a better way. That's pride. Opens up the door. It's how do you want it done? You're, you're the boss. I'm done. Whatever you want done, do it. Amen. That'll shut down a lot of pride and strife in churches right there. Psalms 31, I will bless the Lord at all times. I like the, the BBE version. It says, I will be a blessing. I will be a blessing. See, to be a blessing and to bless the Lord means that you're serving. You're blessing somebody. You're helping somebody. See, it's showing them the goodness. The goodness of God draws men to repentance. Let's continue on. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You need to be saying it. Not just thinking, my soul shall boast in the Lord. That means testify of his goodness. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he delivered me, delivered me from some of my fears. It's not what it says, does it? It says all of my fears. Well, I looked up that word all in all different types of doctrinal books and different um, different translations, all means all. He delivered me from all of my fears. And if you're, if you're delivered from all of your fears, then what fear do you have? We're supposed to be fearless, not fearful, full of fear. We're supposed to be fearless. Amen. Because we've got the greater one in us. So don't say that you can't serve in an area. You're afraid to do it. If God has called you to do it, you can do it. Amen. Do it. I'm a yuppie. A few years ago, a couple years ago, we were starting a chapter out in the Northwest, and a club said, you aren't coming out here. We wanted to minister the goodness of God to them. And uh, God had told us to go. Well, so they told us, no, you aren't coming here. So they invited us to come up there. Yeah, it was an invitation. You understand what I mean, don't you? So me and a chapter president went up there, and uh, they, they invited us to come into their clubhouse out in the country into the basement and go back into a meat locker that they had and close the door. And, of course, they had all the guys there in the middle of nowhere with guns out and stuff. And they told us that uh, we weren't going to be there. And I said, yes, we are. And they said, no, you're not. And they said, well, who gives you the authority? Well, we found out later we've got a thriving group of people up there giving God glory and ministering people. They had sat down. See, the enemy thinks he's smart. If the enemy knew what was going to happen whenever he, he put Jesus on the cross, the word says he'd have never done it. Well, they had sat around and tried to figure out, well, if we say this, this is our response. If we say this, then this is how they're going to respond. There was one thing they didn't, they didn't ask themselves. They said, well, who gives you the authority? And I said, the creator of heaven and earth, God, your creator. And they didn't know what to say. So they're like, uh, uh, okay. See, whenever God calls you to do something, there's no need to fear. Fear will hold you back. It'll keep you from fulfilling the call of God. Let's continue on. They looked to him and were radiant. All their faces were not ashamed. This man cried out and the Lord led him and saved him out of all his troubles. There was a um, national enforcer of the, well, right now the world's biggest club. He died a few years ago and uh, they asked me to speak at his funeral. And right before I went up, the national president says, none of this God stuff. Well, how does a minister of the gospel go to a funeral and not talk about eternity? Okay, I can't do that. 
And so I'm like, okay, if I say I'm not going to do this funeral, our doors are closed with that club. We've just offended them. And so I told a bunch of the guys that were with me in tribe of Judah, let's just pray. I walk up. Anybody ever say something, and as soon as they say it, it's like you're releasing an arrow in the air. You, You can't get it back. The first thing that came out of my mind, out of my mouth was the beast. That's what they called him. Drew men closer to God. We're in a funeral home. Okay, that means that it's real easy to kill somebody and they don't even have to pay for delivery fees. Okay? They take guns out. My wife's on the front row and on both sides of her, they've got guns and knives and they're cussing me out. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Hear me out. And uh, the Holy Spirit started speaking through me. See, sometimes you have to go and obey before you know the next step. You have to take that step of faith before you know God's going to promote you and put you over here. And a lot of people don't serve and step out because they want that position, they want that place, and they don't realize that these three steps is how they're going to get there. See, because God's ways are not our ways. And so I said, I said, wait a second, anybody here ever have the beast and you know he's coming to your house because you've done something dumb and the club's going to come straighten you out? I said, what were you doing? You were on your knees seeking God for mercy. And they're like, that's right, brother. Okay, so their gun's out, and 10 seconds later, they're telling me that's right. And I said, what about people who weren't in the club? What was he doing? He was on his way to go take care of business. What were they doing? They were on their knees praying to God for mercy. That's right. Preach it. Preach it. So I preached. They told me to. So I, I, I had to do what they said, right? So I preached. We ended up doing an altar call at this man's funeral. And outlaw bikers got saved that day. Glory to God. Amen. Well, God's got a call for you. It may not be doing what I'm doing. I never expected to do this. The first time I told my mom that I was going to be ministering to outlaw bikers and explain to him what there was, there was silence. And the look on her face was, you're going to do what? But God's got a call for you, for you to fulfill. And only you can fulfill that and receive the blessings of God. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your friend can't do it for you. God has called you to serve someplace and only you can do it. Amen. Where are you serving the heaven, the creator of heaven and earth today? We are, we are saved to serve, not saved to sit. Amen. If you're coming to church in 30 years, for 30 years and all you're doing is sitting, you need to check your heart. You're supposed to be doing something. Amen. Verse 7, he says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. That's actually in the, the King James and New King James, not a good translation of it. Those who camp around here are, are in awe of him. Yes. Are in awe of him. We're not supposed to be afraid of God. It's not a good translation. It says to run, run to the throne boldly. God is saying, come to me. We're supposed to be praising in him and awe and worship of him. Amen. He delivered me. You remember I was at that track. Remember I was telling you we were at the track at the beginning? You thought I forgot that, didn't you? Well, I was at the track, and they said, pro bike, so we're up there. Well, it comes my time. Anybody want to hear about what happened? I set three track records this day on this pass. If you know anything about racing, that's pretty hard to do. I set the track record on that pass for time. That's how long it takes to get from here to there to the end. But there's also, you can go very fast, but start off slow and set a track record for speed. I set time and speed both on that pass. But there's another one I set. 
And I'm hoping it's never broke. Anybody here been down, uh, been down on a bike at, you know, 120 some mile an hour sliding for 300 feet? It's not fun, is it? Well, I was supposed to be some, doing something else that day. There's one thing that matters. There's one thing that matters in here for you today. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Choir, would you come up? There's one thing that matters. See, some people don't serve because the enemy says you failed. Well, see, failure is an event. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all failure is is an event. Every one of us in here have failed at something. But see, what makes you a winner is to get back up. What makes you an ultimate winner is if your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Then, we've read the end of the book. You have eternity life. You are a winner. But let me tell you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got some challenges coming up when this life is over. Victory is ours, saith the Lord. That's for His camp. That's us, amen? Well, I'm there racing. I go ahead and I twist the throttle whenever I see yellow. That means get ready to go. If you see green, you've probably lost the race. You've got a reaction time of 0.4 tenths of a second from the time the last light turns yellow to it's green. And you need to be out of there between 0.4001 and 0.5 to to race in a professional level and win. Assuming they don't have a breakout or something. And so I pop the clutch, man, it's sounding good. The bike is just screaming down the track. The crowd is roaring. All of a sudden they yell, track record. For any racer, man, that is a good sound. Track record. I mean, this track's been there for years and you're breaking a record. Jesus is Lord on your back. People are seeing that. That testifies of the goodness of God. There was a race that we had, not me, but another guy that raced for the tribe. And it was us versus uh, another outlaw club. And in Vegas, it was at the world finals. And they were saying, it's good versus evil. God versus Satan. It was the biggest from a a Harley drag race. It was the biggest bet in Las Vegas history because they were playing it up. How many know who wins? They went home. We were in the winner's circle because Jesus is Lord. Amen. Well, they they announced something else. As soon as they're done, my wife is is in the pit. She was my pit crew. She didn't know a thing about motorcycles, racing, or anything. And you say, why would she be your, your, your pit crew captain? Because if there was something not right, I wanted somebody there that was on my back that was going to say, hey, this isn't the right time. My wife tried to tell me. I'm sure some of you husbands have not listened to, your, to, the, to the gift that God gave you. Well, I missed it. I didn't listen to God, didn't listen to my wife. I came through the end of the race. And uh, my hydraulic brakes, I mean, my hydraulics on my front forks busted out. So hydraulic fluid went everywhere. The front of the bike went down. There's a lip when you're slowing down. Good thing is I was slowing down. But how many know if you aren't where God's called you to be, you're not protected. See, you, you could be in the rain with an umbrella being held right there for you. And you could be choosing to be under that umbrella. Or you could be stubborn, obstinate, and rebellious and stand out from underneath it and wonder why you're getting wet. Well, see, God had, had a day for me to be ministering to somebody. Probably to be ministering to somebody to lead somebody to the Lord. But because of my rebellion of wanting to race, I missed it. Well, I went over a place that's a transition where it goes from concrete to asphalt on some tracks because it cost a lot of money to pour all the concrete. Well, there was a little area where that asphalt was sticking up just a little bit. 
The bottom of the bike hits it. They, they're estimating I'm doing 120 or so mile an hour at the time. We were slowing down. I went flying. The bike hit the wall. Not just going down at a, over 100 miles an hour hurts, but when you hit a concrete wall, it really hurts. The bike started coming apart. Shrapnels everywhere. The um, handlebars go flying in the air. Come back down. And at 100 miles an hour to have a handlebar go through your face mask and hit you in the face, the enemy is involved. So the handlebars went flying up and they came. I used to be decent looking. And the handlebar hit me in the face. They yell, bike down, bike down. My wife in the pits and the other crew members are still excited over me setting a, a track record. Bike down, bike down. The bike starts spinning. My leg gets caught up in the wheelie bars. You got 10 foot wheelie bars because you're going full throttle, man. With that much power, you'd be over on your back. So you ride a wheelie the whole, whole distance of the race, basically. My leg gets caught in the wheelie bar. It starts dragging me and spinning me. I go down the track about 300 feet on my back and head and face and everything else. So they, uh, the ambulance comes out and they tell my wife, if he lives, he'll be mental retarded or paralyzed. And she said, don't speak death over my husband. Tell you what, if she was in that position... That's strength. Back down. So they lifelight me to Baylor Medical Trauma Center. One of the best trauma centers in the nation. They tell her at the trauma center. We don't know if he's going to live or if he's going to be paralyzed. His brain is swollen. He may be paralyzed. There's the other pit crew there. She told them, go out to the track. And they're like, no, you need us. She's like, go out to the track. There's going to be people out there that are going to ask how he's doing. It's an opportunity to get people saved. God has bought and paid for him. Jesus stripes bought and paid for his healing. You're going to see a miracle. Go out to the track. Minister to people. Love on them. Sent them back out there. Well, that happened on May 19th in the afternoon. Two o'clock in the morning. A couple ministers flew in just to, to hook up with her, check up on her. I come out of my coma state. A guy that's a nurse coming in, he's trying to put morphine in me for pain. And I said, don't give me that. And he just did a, a shock. I'd come out of that unconscious state. And I said, I, I don't need that. And he's thinking that I'm a little bit delirious and trauma. Well, he's like, it's pain. And then he's going to go get the doctor. And I'm like, I'm not in pain. I was not in pain by 2 a.m. On, on Monday morning. It happened on Sunday afternoon. God had brought me out of that. God had brought me out of that. They, they came in, the Baylor Medical Center. They showed calcium deposits and stuff in my bones where my bones had been put back together. And they basically did the CAT scans and stuff and said, we don't understand this. And they told me, they said, the, the, the head of the Baylor Medical Trauma Center said, we don't understand this, but it's a greater power. And I said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, my Savior. Hallelujah. He said, well, I see no reason to keep you here. He goes, but your insurance company may not pay for your 
$10,000 helicopter ride. I still, I'm a pilot. I've never been in a helicopter other than that. $10,000 and I don't remember it. And so um, he said, he said, you can have whatever you want. I'd go to a room, go sit outside, relax, and let's release you tomorrow morning. I said, great. He released me on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I'm on a bike doing well over 100 again. Wednesday night, I was at church praising God and testifying and preaching because of the goodness of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I was this close to eternity. You don't know when you go out here today how close you could be to eternity. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm here to get excited with you. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you have rebelled and you've got into things that you know aren't right, and you want to get right with God, I'll hook with you today, amen? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it now. It's not too late. Would you raise your hand? Be hooked with me. People pray with me, amen? If you don't know Jesus or you've got off, maybe you grew up in a Christian home, but you've got off. Maybe you're doing things at home that you shouldn't do and your spouse doesn't know and you're hiding it. It will come out. Get it right today, amen? If you don't know Jesus or you want to get right with the Master, raise your hand for me, please. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Glory, I see that hand. I'll tell you what. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'd be, it'd be an honor to me to come up here and pray with you and hug on you. If you would, if you raise your hand, would you come up here? People here are only going to rejoice with you. Amen. I'd really like to just congratulate you. I had to do it. Not one of us in here have lived a life without sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise your master. That's strength, man. That's boldness. That takes a real man to come up here in front of people. It's not weakness, man. That's strength. That is real strength, man. How are you? You blessed me. Amen. Anybody else? I had to do it. You read my testimony and I was going down a wrong way. I'm not here to judge you, man. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle you're living. Jesus bought and paid for it. He'll take you and love you today, man. Well, let's pray over these people, amen. If you guys would, would you repeat this after me? Heavenly Father, we ask you right now to come into our hearts. Forgive us of our sins. We receive you as our Lord and Savior. We know that our name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. That we are cleansed, made pure, right standing before you. We receive it. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Thank you, Master. Hi, friends. Are you in a battle to overcome sickness, financial challenges, or any attack of the enemy? Equipped to Win will teach you how to walk in victory. We must utilize every piece of protection and every weapon that God has provided. 
We must also learn how to resist the carnal desires of man and learn to fight courageously. This mini book will teach you how God has equipped us to win. You can download it free of charge from our website, and it's available in English, Spanish, and Chinese. Thank you for joining us today. For more information or to learn more about Final Quest Ministries, please visit our website at mikecanaday.org. Also, please like and follow us on social media for updates and podcasts. We pray today has blessed you.